0: This information is being provided for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide recommendation or investing advice. The following contains adult language, content, and descriptions of actions not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Guru Presario Media presents the Guru Presario Podcast, starring me, Mal Sanchez. The word entrepreneur gets thrown around a lot, but it's defined by very few. Join me as I sit down with those that I've come to know, and through the art of conversation, we can all learn a little something from the nature of our work. Let's start the show. Nice. All right, guys. Welcome to the group. Sorry, podcast again episode 22 i'm actually here with my co-host matthew duke as you guys know from the duke law firm and our special guest today is arturo perez uh swbc capital markets great friend of mine i'm excited to have him here uh, both went to uiw represent cardinals and uh it's just good to be here man i'm gonna let you introduce yourself arturo give it, give us your background um uh, yeah just tell us a little about yourself
1: well mauricio and matt thank you so much for having me here um like you were saying, you know, very good friends from Incarnate Word. You know, we graduated, uh, continued uh, throughout the years to you know carry this great relationship All after right. school. So very, uh, very much enjoying that. You uh, know, a couple trips to Mexico too. So likewise, yeah, likewise, was,
0: uh, man, I'll never forget that boat trip.
1: Woo! Yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> and, um, other than that, it just you know. I, uh, the reason, the main reason actually, if, if I go back a few years back, um, that I came to San Antonio was to play tennis, right? Um, <coughs> I, you know, I grew up basically in Reynosa, t- uh, across the border from, from uh, McAllen. And, uh, you know, there's only so much that you can do and grow as far as a t- tennis player. Right. And so the next thing, you, my two options were basically Corpus Christi, um, to be a flower bluff, uh, (laughs) I don't know the high school's (laughs) over there, or to come to San Antonio and uh, actually go into Judson High School.
0: That's right, that's where you went.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's correct. So, long story short, you know, uh, there's the uh, John Tennis Academy, uh, John Newcomb Tennis Academy up in New Braunfels, and that was perfect. I'll just go over there and play some tennis, and so I ended up going to Judson, you know, a bit of a uh, culture shock, because I haven't been, you know, from living in Mexico, I mean, you would think it's a border town that it'll be you know more you're, you're a little bit more exposed than if you go down into the you know the internal parts of mexico but right it's still you know it was great it was uh eye opening as far as you know uh, <clears throat> i guess adapting into the culture and before I came over here you know my uh, <clears throat> as far as the language mm-hmm. i mean i, I um, my Learning of the English was uh, two days a week, uh, you know, yeah. growing up, to, you know, I would go take some uh, lessons and, you know, then I came over here every so long, fine and dandy until you start opening like a, a biology book and you're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> or I got to present. <laughs> yeah, I got to give yeah, a presentation in English now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or you got to some chemistry and, you know, it's like, okay, well, this is might be a little. But no, it was a uh, fun, you know, adaptation. Everybody was so warming here in San Antonio. I've been now in San Antonio longer than i would actually been i was doing that math the other day you know i was like i've been in san antonio for 17 years or 18 years and you know i I came over here when i was 18 so now you know i live here longer than i actually lived in Reynosa. so that was uh you know i passed that threshold and i enjoyed i had some opportunities to go out of town or go to different states and different work and it just san antonio has been treating me pretty well you know started my career um with the smaller firm, you know, um, <coughs> we were doing into watches and diamonds, you know, right. brokering, you know, so you kind of started the broker business in there. Right. Uh, dealing with some people in New York. And then eventually I decided to go out, uh, you know, I always had that uh, feel for uh, finance, right? So I jumped into Frost Bank. Um, very good company. I, you know, I love working with those guys as well. Uh, learning current was pretty fast, uh, just, you know, from everybody in there. And other than that, you know... <coughs> one thing led to another and ended up being on the capital markets uh, side of the of the of the bank starting with the bank's portfolio uh dealing with uh mostly municipal bonds and uh, some of the treasury instruments that you know the bank invests and so from there you know we the, the trading de- the uh, trading desk is it was the same as the portfolio side so you know i was able to catch on, on both of the on both sections you know the on the buy side uh, as a credit officer that I was, and into the trading and underwriting um, for 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 the for the bank, right. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, from there, you know, we <coughs> we continue to to grow. We continue to learn uh, a lot, probably a little faster than most people, you know, taking the industry. And uh, just this opportunity, great opportunity, came up, and decided to to jump in with the SWBC. Said, you know. Those guys had a great platform, as far as the name, mm-hmm. as far as being local, as far as you know, the presence on the community. I was able to uh, basically jumpstart the underwriting desk with SWBC.
0: So it, before they they didn't run an underwriting desk for municipal bonds at SWBC here in San Antonio.
1: Correct. They did not have the underwriting side. They just had a secondary market trading desk. Very robust. Very uh, very you know they process over five hundred trades a day. Uh, you know, all size, you know, anywhere from five bonds to, you know, two million, three million pieces. Uh, and just the, the distribution is very robust. So I was able to, and, you know, with the, one of my coworkers there, or the, the guy that basically poached me over, you know, told me that, you know, show me the platform, show me what they were doing, and, you know, their intensive expansion. And I said, well, that, that matches to, you know, this would be a piece that, you know. Uh, segment. Segment to kind of... Uh, Fit in perfectly into the into the puzzle, I guess you can say.
0: That's phenomenal, man. Because a lot of people don't don't think that that big corporations. That's how money. That's how money kind of money moves happen. And ideally, I mean, you came from one, went to the other, jump started just by you know the very knowledge that you had from the previous experience. And look at you now, running the running the municipal bond desk.
1: Yeah. So the underwriting desk is. uh, It could be you know we started with it. There's two ways that you know uh, municipalities can issue money, you know, raise capital uh, basically via a, or there's more than two, but you know, the the core two ones, um, it's via competitive. So they put out the bid basically for everybody to put in their best rates. um, You structure the deal and all that good stuff, or they go negotiate it, right? Where you have an investment banker, the banker calls on the municipality, uh, shows them, you know, uh, some opportunities for either refinancing or where the borrowing rates would be at, at this current market. And, you know, <coughs> we started with the competitive side because, you know, it's fairly accessible and uh, not, you know, there's not that many new players around. So it's a kind of small circle. You kind of feels like a big, big circle at first, but it's basically the same guys doing, you know, so it's, it could be sometimes kind of hard to break through that because, you know, you're the new guy on the blog, you know, they're like, <laughs> who's this guy? and you know. <laughs> what's happening over there and you know but you know i guess i um, i was ta- i was talking about this the other day with somebody and i was told him, i was like you know kind of feel like that when i first moved over here from mexico and they're like well who's that guy you know especially in, and i'm a tennis player too you know i experienced the same way where like this guy's coming in from mexico and who is he i mean who so i'm not new to kind of people asking uh, right this guy's coming in or this company's coming in and so it's uh it's a process for sure to, to be And to continue, because there's obviously a lot of challenges. You know, we try to celebrate the small victories, but we always have a big goal in mind, and that's the only way to continue to go. And, you know, you have, you know, those challenges could be a drag, but you just got to continue fighting through the, you know, um, the, the, the challenge, right?
0: Right. In that competitive space, so when you guys were building that competitive market, you guys are dealing with what more competitors in other cities like Dallas, or are you dealing with, like, New York, California?
1: Yeah, so... The main competitive desk, you're basically in New York. You, yeah. know, you have the big, so you got banks. the big guys. Then. Yeah, you on the especially on those bonds, uh, you know where we're most actively uh, bidding, it's in New York uh, bonds and uh, Texas bonds basically. That's where <coughs> where we come in the most. On uh, for all the New York uh, bonds, you have all the big banks coming in. You know, bidding Depen- even on the the reaching down to the small deal size where like you know you guys don't need this right here <laughs> really
0: right
2: now you guys structuring it on are, are y'all targeting infrastructure type project bonds um are y'all looking at just refinancing general bond work i mean what do y'all do or all of it
1: on the on the competitive market uh, uh you know <coughs> you, you see both you see yeah. either tons of refinances going on especially right now with rates so low mm-hmm. uh they can um, basically you know call the, the the old debt with the higher coupon right and you know uh, basically use the, the current levels right and when you're on the competitive market uh you know competing you know like with the Citigroup, bank of america fidelities you when know, the largest you know balance sheet on the, on the planet Older. yeah um, those guys uh they can be a little more aggressive than uh, to to move those bonds or even to hold those bonds because they know they're you know uh, they can speculate a little bit more you can say you can say, any more rates are going to go yeah. down or we're going to go up but for us, it's more of a uh, quick turn into you know, placing those bonds.
2: Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, today, it's Friday, June 17th. What are
0: we? I think 18. you're right.
2: Okay, so somewhere Two. around there. I mean, interest rate, the, 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 uh, the curve is flat, and stocks for the banks were getting destroyed today. Yes, they're down 10%. So it's
1: the worst week since January,
2: it. right? It's, hor- uh, it's probably, I mean, for the banks, it's probably the worst week in a long time for them, or for quite a while. But again, so it's interesting that y'all are in this market here, local, you know, community partners in that market. How do you guys see the future for that market as you're competing against those big boys that may be, you know, a little bit ahead of their skis um, because of their size? How do y'all see that?
1: Yeah, so we we try to focus a little bit on a a niche market, right? We try to find some deals where we can be aggressive and through relationships that uh, on the competitive is basically if you... Pay up, you know. You pay a, a little bit more than the other guy, then right. you get the bonds. But to grow the um, on the negotiated side, on, on the other side, where you have to go and talk to municipalities, pitch the company, uh, pitch you know the, the capabilities. Um, we try to use the, you know really focus on the what SWC as the corporation has done to place themselves on the community, and that's that was one of the main strengths too. Why why join SWBC? I saw that potential that they were already, you know, basically have the foundation Mm -hmm. to uh, and, you know, all the good conversations from everybody that they like the company itself. Then I think from there, that's going to be our main sale. You know, first we got a head level with everybody, show them that we can underwrite, show them that we can do uh, just as good as the, the, the big banks. And then from there, differentiate ourselves, right? Try to be the extra things, you know, we we do this for the community, United Way, we're very involved in there, you know, uh, we go to school districts and, you know, try to help out on different programs and, you know, and th- th- those things matter at the end of the day because even though, you know, it's all about finance, um, some, some of the people making the decisions in there is not just, um, they're not just interested in the finance, right? They want to see what you can do in the community for them, you know, because uh, they, some of, in, in many instances, some of them play different roles, right? Some of them can be their finance directors. Some of them, then they go and help out some, you know, with some of the activities with the students, and they're very much involved. You involved, know, in yeah. So that's uh, that's one of the things, uh, the strengths that we're trying to point out.
0: So it hasn't it hasn't changed much since I mean the old days, right? Reputation does still matter on Wall Street.
1: Their reputation, yes, and everybody, you know, it's you know they try to say that everybody's the best or everybody, right. you know, it's uh, the cleanness or but everybody kind of. Has to go somewhat through some adversity, at, you know, from from time to time, and you know, anywhere we can, right? You know, every angle, it's right. a little. Uh,
0: but I mean, rightfully so, people don't participate in energy because it's a higher risk.
1: No, right? uh, on, the, on this case, it was more of a, you know, banks kind of heading into being supporting green, greener projects. Let's mm-hmm. say, you know, so uh, more into uh, you know, energy wasting kind of uh, deals right then you know they, they uh they have pressure from both sides some, i guess some of the lobbyists saying well you guys need to support green deals and right you know don't don't you know, you know we know that uh there's some type different types of energies that you can use to achieve your goals and so try to focus on those and you know the <laughs> state of texas was not very happy some of them that because you know yeah. it is a big chunk of revenue that you know it comes from oil itself right, right. so uh, right. um you eventually gets to that.
2: Yeah. You know, the bond guys, I mean, you know, you look at, I would say 99% of people, they can, well, not 99%, those that are going to be knowledgeable about financial things, even if your only knowledge is Robin Hood, right? You talk about crypto, everybody talks about crypto, but stocks, right? And they could, you know, go all the way back to, you know, the, the old guard, you know, most recently, even though he's ancient, Warren Buffett and fundamentals of stock, right? Right. But the debt guys, your fundamentals, I mean, political headwinds, interest rate headwinds, um, you know, the macro environment from an economic standpoint, that just always boggled my mind on how you guys are playing in this very narrow game and do very well too. I mean, the bond desk, I mean, you know, how has that been, for like somebody for a san antonio based company, right where from a sophistication level, I've just experienced this here. I was raised here, not born here. It's always been that people look at San Antonio, oh we, you know, you're from San Antonio, and it's like
1: <laughs> okay, what does that mean yeah. right, what does that mean?
2: I'm the same one. It's like, okay, I mean, I've played soccer, so we went to Austin, right oh, the San Antonio kids are here. I'm like, what does that mean <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, yeah um how does it feel playing with those New York guys being a San Antonio based company in that level of sophistication, you know, talk a little bit about that, about how you guys position, how you position in there. Cause I'm interested.
1: Yeah. So it is definitely obviously, you know, one jump first, you know, uh, coming in from Mexico, moving over here, you know, especially like a border town and then, you know, kind of mingling here for San Antonio and then eventually mingling with those guys in New York because the, major- the majority of the brokers are right. you know, based in New York. Um, it is uh, a bit of a difference, you know, can they do kind of have their, their own group kind of thing. Um, luckily, you know, the major. I'm going to say like 50% of the guys that I work with, they're from New York, so they kind of give us some uh, <laughs> some insights of, you know, what's going on, and, you know, and you know, eventually kind of pull you in a little bit. And But no, there's a lot of them they are pretty, f- uh, you know, friendly and, you know, kind of you know, invite you over, you know, we'll do this and that, and... Um, yeah, but some of the other guys is just the same guy, so it's kind of tough to kind of break in into their little right. circle. But at the end of the day, it's all just you know whoever.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you read you don't have it over there. I was looking to see if you had Liars Poker, right? No, I uh, don't have and it. And reading those things and just the yeah. culture of you know the Milken days and all those on Got the flash markets and everything, just just curious. I mean, that's yeah. just awesome. You know, San and Antonio and company that's like, okay, we're going to compete with you guys.
1: And it's interesting too, you know when I started doing the watch, I'll go even back to the watch business because actually the majority of diamonds and watches, uh, the brokers are in New York. Right. The guys we were talking to. And I remember doing a a watch deal uh, for, you know, maybe it was like a $80,000, you know, Patek Philippe. And, you know, he, the, uh, we we finally found it. We've been hunting because they're not easy to find. Right. And uh, the deal fell down basically because, they were trying to charge us the shipping cost, $45. <laughs> and, you know, my guy over here was like, we're not paying that. I was like, serious?
0: Oh, oh the beautiful testosterone, yeah. man. Good old so, ego.
1: So that transferred pretty well, you know, into the, you know, I've seen trade now, you know, it's not a big deal now. Fall for one basis, you know, or, I mean, the, like you were saying, market is so tight. Right. And it's just so, like, you know, precise on that, that one basis point is a big deal. So we talk about here cents, right? Twenty-five cents, you know, broker's fee, forty cents, fifty cents, on the on the dollar. And you know, I've seen tr- big trades fall through because nobody wants to pay that. You know, right. you know there, you know, you're gonna capture you next know, amount of PNL, but it's just more about showing you because I've seen it when we f- when I first started my competitive, at, uh, uh, I guess underwritings. If you give concession, because um, you have to, you know, sometimes you have to give out concession, right? <coughs> if you kind of People see that you're giving out, you know, let's say this example, uh, $3 or $4 in concession. Yeah. And the next deal, even though it's, you know, a much better deal, they want to be, again, $4. You know, so we you have, you used know, I, <laughs> I had to get used to kind of the, the fighting back or pushing back or I'm not, you know, sell, you know, cheap selling my bonds and keeping them. Uh, so it, it, it's a bit of a. As a well, negotiator,
2: I'm that guy. I'm like, hey, you gave me three fifty over there. So what is it, four fifty today? Exactly. So because yeah. well, I already know I got three fifty, I'm gonna get at least three seventy five out you now. So I'm gonna start at four fifty. I'm that guy. Sorry.
1: <laughs> you have to do that way, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And as an underwriter, you know, uh, it's a little bit. I do play different caps, you know, because th- once you underwrite those bonds, you know, you how the process goes. I put a, on the competitive side. I put a scale. We send it out to investors in the morning. Basically, typically, most of the deals are due around 10 Central, so 11 uh, Eastern. Uh, those orders come in about 10 minutes before the deals due. And, you know, we use the software. And uh, when, you know, the, the time is clocking down, as soon as the time is over, you, hit your, you know, you have to hit final bid. But as soon as the time is up, you know right away who wins the deal. Right. It could be, you know, $500 million deal. It could be a $2 million deal. But right then on the spot... You know if you want it or not. So it's That's <laughs> kinda cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and nerve wracking. I know. So you probably probably go back to look at my Apple Watch and you know, my early days when i was competitive bidding and you know, those every time in the morning around nine fifty five, my my heart is like <laughs> But now I got used to it. I just lay back and I'm like, you know, get it? <laughs> All right, next one. Not know. much you can do, right? Yeah. The button's going, it's like either it is or isn't. So at some point I do become a, a secondary trader as well. So not just the underwriter, I'm also managing uh, my my dead book that from the, from the leftover bonds that right. that we carry.
0: Unique. Um, takes us to our next kind of point is uh, the state of the U.S.-Texas economy post-pandemic, right? Uh, I've read an article in The Economist this past week. I think I told you about it this earlier earlier yesterday, but uh, that always following a, um, an epidemic or pandemic, you usually see a boost in, ex, you know, ex, expenditures or people spending money or going out more. Uh, what, do, what are your viewpoints on the state of the U.S. economy, Texas economy, and then, of course, the post-pandemic boom, man?
1: Yeah, I mean, so, I was, you know, it's kind of funny. I do kind of, when I'm having trouble sleeping, you know, sleeping at night, you know, I like to uh, tune in uh, to what uh, Lacey Hunt is saying. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Lacey Hunt. I'm not. He's, you know, he's basically the biggest uh, bull for bonds in the history in which that trade obviously has been paid off. I mean, interest rates have gone, you know, down, from you know, I don't know, three and a half percent since I can remember on the ten-year bond, to where where are we today? Like at 145. Well, take that back to the 80s and look at that. You know, the
2: 70s look looking at that drop. You're going and, and from double digit to single digits. So, exactly. Yeah. So
1: he was, you know, so he's been his trade's been spot on, and you know he he's got some good points and good. Uh, he's very much uh, an economist, right? So I like to hear from what he's saying, and obviously the correlation of where the economy, you know, how good the economy is it really you know, directly correlates where kind of our rates are, are doing at certain period of time. So, so the, the, uh, the you know, the hot topic right now it's the inflation trade. I, you know, everybody is thinking, you know, what is uh, is this going to be transitory? Is this going to be, uh, here to stay? Are we going to keep seeing that? And, you know, from, from mo- most of the, uh, I guess, short term traders, uh, they see that, you know, to stay at least for the next three to you know first quarter of the next year right so you're gonna see that because of the supply of money that is out there you know from the from the fed you know low interest rates um, but that to that that to, that could be very superficial right so as soon as that runs out you know <coughs> on this past Wednesday the fed uh, the new dot plot came out right right so the, you know you see the shift of um, the where you know the, all the members voted, uh, moved up sooner to, to towards uh, a hike. Right? right. So they do see a hike in twenty twenty two. Two hikes actually, uh, which kind of left everybody uh, pretty surprised. Because you know, if you, if you think about it, the Fed has multiple you know to tools on their toolbox, right? They they can do different things. Right. And one of the things, um, one of the things that everybody always talks about as uh, so first uh, defense is you know let's cut rates. Let's you know bring the right. rates down. I mean, what if another, you know, uh, what if another, you know, financial trouble comes in t- into play and, you know, we have, you know, our, one of the f- my favorite tools is, you know, go back to zero. I mean, right. what are we going to do right now? You know, we're uh, already at zero. So right. uh, it, it's, everybody's a bit troubled on, on that end and pretty surprised that they were not talking about tapering first. You know, they start talking about, let's hike some rates. But,
0: this, but this. some language did come out about tapering, now from their yeah, from their 120 billion a month program.
1: Correct. And, you know, the, the conversation is there, so uh, that was a little more presence. But but to your point, uh, on, on the trade, uh, on the short term, uh, the, in the the basically the shape of the curve got flatter, right? Yeah. So you went from 145 basis to about 110, 105. This morning, I think you might have been closer to 100. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the curve is getting flatter. And what is that doing? It's just basically pricing in two hikes, right? The market likes, to, the bond market likes to price in. Yep as much in advance as possible. And, uh, and that you know, correlation, if you would want to talk about munis a little bit more, that it was direct correlation. So there you can see as well, you know, 5, 10 basis point move on the front end uh, on the municipal market as well. So,
2: you know, I know you're in the municipal market and going back to my days, I have a master's in finance, so it's been a while. I don't get to usually talk about this stuff, so I'm going to nerd out a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, what's interesting is it's, you know, it's the risk-free rate. And so those are moving up, but in the Muni market, I'm wondering what's your risk profile? What are the risk out of there? You know, to your actual interest rates, um, especially given the fact that you've got so much money pouring out of government, local, state, national. As we already talked about. What are you guys seeing on that delta between the Fed funds rate and your actual interest rates? Is that gap growing? Is it consistent? How does that look in your new bond offerings?
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> so first, you know, the first thing, you know, the majority of the issuance of uh, municipal debt is tax free, right? Correct. So that changes so a little you, bit. Yeah. You, you got to price in a little bit the taxable equivalent, right? So if you compare it to a corporate one, right? So right. You know, if you look at a, a single A bond, corporate versus a single A, a municipal, you got to calculate your, your tax rate, right? So right. So that's one of the things. But if you're talking about basic basis points themselves. A one-year bond on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry, a one-year bond on Wednesday. AAA was yielding about four basis points. Okay, <laughs> on a you know on a 2022 maturity. Right. Uh, You know, uh, basically 11 to 12 months. Right. That's where that's where it is. So it's pretty low. I mean, even if you, but you look at treasuries, right? So what is one your right. your bill is is, is uh, yielding about six basis points as well, and you got to right. pay taxes on that, right?
2: Right. <laughs> right. But is do you, do you foresee that know the basic you know bottom interest rates of the fed fund rate it's growing right? right do you anticipate the the basis for the additional risk of municipalities growing into the future as well and then how quickly right um you know just because revenue's down um in government and so with that being the risk rate would i would assume go up that investors would want you know ask for additional basis points because of that risk any of that starting to permeate in the market yet
1: yeah so if you if you look at the COVID uh, hit in March, mm-hmm. uh, munis had the biggest sell-off um, that they've seen in history. It was maybe about 250 basis points sell-off. Okay. Is, uh, from low rates, obviously, you know that's you know over 2,000 percent sell-off that uh, that happened. Um, it is a big topic. It's been a big topic about uh, the wellness of the economies, for because obviously, uh, the source of payments for those muni bonds are right. from from you know how you know tax revenues from property revenues uh, just depending of you know, what the source of payment is um this general debt right. uh, <clears throat> general obligation or if it's a revenue you know water and sewer so it is a topic you know uh, the, the credit um, right and, and the premiums like, like you were mentioning you know the spread yeah. has been added into that and as soon as you know the market recover after the initial covid uh, shock in march um, this time around you know, compared to the 2008, uh, municipalities they have a lot more reserves on their um, on their spending uh, on budgets and funds, um, so that helped a lot. To you know, for example, state of Texas, they have a massive rainy day fund, right? So they right, right. they're able to kind of, okay, well, you know, our smaller uh, institu- or smaller uh, cities, you know, need this, and they're able to provide and able to kind of maintain uh, <clears throat> the liquidity. Right. That it was needed at the time, and the federal government stepped in as well, and that was uh, kind of basically give a uh, quick, um, just a cushion for the shock that it was coming from from uh, from. No, that's cold. good to know.
2: Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't realize those <coughs> sort of things. I would just figure that some of that risk would go up for absolutely. You know the rural cities that you know are not buffered by you know what's going to be potentially like the Roaring Twenties experience right. of uh, V market, right? But these rural communities may not see that, right? The general right. market may see it, but they could be left out. But I didn't realize rainy day fund and some of those other backstops that, that, that help with it. So yeah, a lot
1: better funded from some from last time. There was uh, there were some uh, from agencies, you know, rating agencies. They they do kind of change the outlooks. Uh, more often than the actual downgrades or upgrades. So they did put a negative outlook on a uh, big institution or big, uh, issuers, uh, like, you know, the MTA of New York, mm-hmm. uh, this, for example, the, uh, the school system, um, for, for New York as well, got downgraded actually from a double A three to an a plus, you know, which was a big deal because, you know, a lot of debt gets affected from that. Right. Uh, from that support here in Texas. Uh, we didn't see that many, just, uh, for example, uh, VIA, you know, VIA uh, is an issuer here as well. They Their debt got just put into negative watch. Mm. But since, you know, the recovery since then has been uh, pretty quick, pretty swift. Uh, uh, since then, you know, the, the agencies have put it back to, to neutral. So that was a... Everybody right. take VIA for Fiesta. Let's help, right. help, help <laughs> the bonds. Bring <laughs> some flows back <laughs> in. They do. And, that, you know, that all this infrastructure all those you know they're they com- basically come from bonds and you know, street right. roads as you know and right. you know even via and um every you know all those finances are involved in, in uh in the in the, the uh, muni market so. right so i'm guessing you guys are pretty
2: watchful of the infrastructure bill and you know the i guess the gamesmanship up there of where it could be allocated how it could be allocated because a lot of that will be able to leverage you know the bond market to uh, as far as being able to do those projects, right?
1: Yes, and and typically, you know, those uh, proceeds from from bonds, uh, they're specific uh, to where they can use those funds right. as well, and that uh, infrastructure bill as well could be. It's also very specific uh, where they can use. You know, they, for example, they cannot use it to pay some old debt that they have, right? They they right. have to go directly into investment. Right. But to your point, into the general market point is that. The market has, and issuers as well, have kind of put a little, you know, t- you know, tapped the brakes a little bit on, you know, going out to market that, because there's a possible bill coming right. in and helping out on, on infrastructure and, you know, spending. It's also kind of, uh, it hasn't been in, and put in stop, but it kind of does give the, the issuers right now the feeling of let's wait and see what happens in the next, you know, few months. But at the same time, You know, like uh, bankers or financial advisors, they're out there saying, oh, low rates, you got to take advantage of low rates.
2: And at the same time, the community is saying, I got potholes everywhere. I got to fill these things and get these roads fixed. So it's always Blanco Road outside of 1604. It's awful. (laughs) Could you fix it? Thank you.
1: Exactly. So it's just, you know, there's pressures, you know, there's financial pressures, there's, you know, community pressures, there's uh, lobbyist pressures. I mean, you, you all kinds of political pressures. And it's, you know, you got to be able to balance all that out and, you know, as you know, we, we have we are we, trying to grow as well. Uh, we're leading the way on uh, public finance on the negotiator as well. And I know when we try to see you know, talk to some of the city managers and some of the commissioners and, and and so on, they I mean we see it on the news and then all of a sudden you know we have a meeting set up with them, and then you know next day we, you know got meeting got moved because you know, right as you probably seen on the news this happens. So okay yeah no, that's <laughs> not that's
0: so. funny. Um, takes me to my next point, right? Is so the average person doesn't think about interest rates like guys like you and I think of it. Um, they're usually just based on, you know, their, their information on housing, what's affecting real estate and when it comes to real, uh, interest rates. So give us a little insight how interest rates affect the actual economy and, and, you know, the normal person that doesn't necessarily think about.
1: Yeah. So interest rates and, and the, the economic, uh, basically forecasts are very much tied. You know, we we see the every day. There's um, about anywhere from four to ten um, publishings of you know, you know, jobless claims. Uh, you have uh, a new job report. You have a uh, construction reports. and we see those every day, every morning. Basically, get published uh, around seven thirty Central Time, and you see that on on the screen. If you have a Treasury screen pulled up, you see all kinds of uh, <laughs> movements on, on the at the time. You know, and you know the the. If you think uh, a 10 basis point move is not much, but since rates are so low, it's a big percentage of, of right. uh, you know one or 80 basis point uh, bond, right? So we, uh, <clears throat> we definitely pay attention, close attention to those economic uh, outputs uh, because as the economy gets healthier and there's growth and there's a stable uh, moving forward, uh, rates do supposed to go up right because think about it as an investor right if you or as an investor or yeah more like an investor right <laughs> if you you have a you you're you're about to invest some money on the uh, on the muni market right or uh, buy some bonds and you you want to buy a 30 year bond you know and and the market is telling you that the 10 year bond or 2 year bond yields about the same for the thirty-year bond, right? So why would you take, you know, why would you pay get paid the same amount on a flat curve? Right. Well, that's just it's just telling you that on a flat curve is that you know the we we the bond market is not foreseeing you know huge growth. So I'm gonna pay you the same amount of yield uh, for for the same bond right. going out there. So right now. Um, on, on the quick rebound, you know, before, you know, it was a B-shaped recovery, right, so we did see the, the shape of the curve, a, you know, swift recovery, so the, you know, the one-year bond basically was mm-hmm. yielding about five, six wow, basis points, and, you know, the longer bond about, you know, 2.3 basis points, a 30-year bond, so, and, you know, that affects, you know, to everybody, like, as you know, to back to the point to the municipalities, where they borrow, where they can you uh, know, with tax dollars uh, where, you know, mortgages come in, credit cards, student loans. Right. It, it's all tied together. And uh, as, you know, the Fed always talks about um, uh, <coughs> wages, right? So that's one of, it's also tying back to, uh, to inflation because if wages are not able to keep up as well to, you know, rising price, you know, costs of uh, goods, then, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to continue to grow. The demand is not going to be there. And therefore, you know, it, it could be the case that it's transitory inflation. Right. So,
2: What do you think? We had um, um, we had a couple of guests, and we talked a little bit about labor on this podcast and the difficulty of finding labor. And I know from wage inflation, you typically are looking at that when unemployment is extremely low to – non-existent. However, here we've got a large unemployment number, but people, for some reason, Texas is getting better and not working. How do you see in your role inflation with regard to wage inflation, which will then ripple, you know, trickle down, trickle up, whichever way it is, to greater inflation as the cost of goods skyrockets because of the labor costs? Any of that getting priced in discussed y'all are seeing?
1: Yeah, so that, that's definitely a topic that, you know, uh, we do go through so many headlines whenever all these topics come out, you know, you have, you know, uh, people kind of scratch their heads when they see, you know, high unemployment rate, but then you have all these job op- openings and you're like, well, right? <laughs> there's, you know, there, there, there's a mismatch there, right, of, you know, what's happening. And so uh, a lot of it had to do with the stimulus, you know, that, you know, people were getting in some aid from from the state and the federal government and you know we're still yet to see that uh how does that play out when they kind of shut that off right and you know people do have to go back to work uh and it is important for for companies on way on the wage side that that really um i guess match the the on the inflation side because i mean on a personal level i've seen where uh the cost for example if you have a kid and you know you were receiving this check, and you know it just makes more sense that instead of taking your kid to um, daycare, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that usable income that you have is it's not that much from what you're paying on, you know, right? On that, so that you know, some small stories that I see more a le- on a personal level that it really helps you understand of uh, why people are not going back to work, and well, I'm just receiving this check instead, and uh, you know, right. you just, I I have to let. I have left the same amount of income, you know, disposable income to to go back out there and you know, and so Right. That that kind of makes sense to me, right?
0: Right. Um It's pretty funny in the news in the past year or two years we've seen a rise of Wall Street meme accounts. Specifically, I mean the market is reacting to it. I think it's it, it's definitely not the same investment world that our parents grew up on. Or that maybe that we grew up on when we were in college. Um, What do you think of that, man? I mean, is the industry changing to to the extent that money managers should be positioning, whether they're short-term traders or whether they're long-term investors, should they be positioning their portfolio in accordance with these changes of meme accounts and rises of stocks like GameStop and AMC? What are your thoughts, man?
1: yeah i mean <laughs> uh, i i think we we had that conversation a little bit you you know yeah. we on the on the bond market yet you know it's since the the bond market's over the counter right so we are not centralized and you know we do have a benchmark of where kinda everything trades and price it you know accordingly but you know uh, when you're dealing with those uh the meme stocks uh <laughs> I've seen so many headlines anywhere from uh you know big funds or you know some of the hedge funds, I guess, hiring, you know, young people to kind of just get on those, because you have to, right? I mean, you you really do just, you know, have to follow uh, and look at memes all day (laughs) to see what's (laughs) the next pick. I mean, it's got to that point. It's just, I mean, I'm just very surprised. I think it's funny. I think it's, but, you know, know, to a point, I mean, it's not so funny when it's millions and millions of dollars, right? Right, right. It becomes a serious matter, so... (laughs) uh it makes me nervous it it does make you a little nervous uh but you know it's back to i mean
2: we're i'm a little bit older than y'all based upon the math i'm doing real quick i went to the word too by the way um and played soccer there (laughs) but you know in the 2000s so i was coming out of the word around that time graduating in 2001 everybody had their own little internet company that was making a website doing all, I mean, and, and people are acting like they were going to become billionaires. And then just one day it felt like everybody lost everything. Yeah, that It's almost the definition, these type of outrageousness, you know, the fact that everybody was, I haven't heard anything about this dog coin or dodgy coin, or, <laughs> excuse me. I've got good friends that have tons of it. Yeah. So they're going to hate me. Oh well. Um, but you know, those are all the, you know, just, the anecdotal going way back into history of the effects of a bubble about to per- burst, right? right. Um, but, it, but it is fascinating. And the long-term ramifications of all that though have not even come out yet, right? What, what will happen, I mean, GameStop had a lot of problems when their stock started plummeting yeah. yeah, because there's covenants that are in contracts and debts and all sorts of things that can when. You know, all that volatility can cause problems for you know the corporate finance of an organization. But I don't think we've experienced all that yet. And now it's I think it's almost becoming, not just comical, but almost a little bit uh, beyond that to be dangerous. There was another one I saw. Well, you know, to, um, to
0: your point, sorry, to your point, those problems didn't disappear. No, right? They still. I mean, they still exist. Right? And here we are, stocks up. Sorry, I'll let you. Yeah,
2: finish. no, no, no. But but you're right. Like there was uh, mm-hmm. on Bloomberg because that's what I have my stuff on is some. Um, viral technology company woke up that morning and realized that they had, there was a meme going around about them, but that was dangerous to them. They were even saying, Hey, we don't want to be a part of this. No, no, stop, stop, stop. Right. Because you can go from this big skyrocketed plummeted next thing you know, you're on the pink sheets. Now you can't get liquidity because you're on the wrong way of the trajectory to try to do any additional capital raises. And so now it's moved to some of these unknown smaller companies that could literally destroy them. So in, in, you know, Sorry, I'm being a Debbie Downer, right? But yeah. it's just one of those where if everybody would just, you know, get calm down a little bit.
1: Um, yeah, and and, and and you know, I'm a big follower of those fin memes <laughs> accounts because actually, I sometimes see the headlines, or I see some. Uh, the, I mean, as you know, they're ran by some of the analysts, or you know, even yeah, senior right? guy, or you know, are probably people our age that are inside of those, you know, big, you know, big banks, and they yeah. know what's going, what's happening. So I see a lot of the news. Actually coming in on their on their end, and then you know maybe later that day I see it on, on Bloomberg. I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. So it is worth it's following wild. them, you know. It's just of course. Like for example, uh, I know those guys uh, that run those film memes You know, they they have a consensus always going on. You know, obviously the back to the office, and so I mean they have that trend going for like two weeks ahead of right. You know, then you, like this week, you see the Goldman Sachs, and you see the Morgan Stanley guys. So it's like, well. Either you come into the office, or you're out, or you basically go find another job. You right. want a New York, uh, uh, basically pay, you know? Right. Then you come back and live in New York. You know, yeah. you're not gonna get paid New York salaries. Right. Right. Living in, you know, San Antonio. Yeah. It's <laughs>
0: hilarious. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that don't understand this, but information is key when it comes to uh, the investment world. So the quicker that information hits the markets, the better off you you are. So to Arturo's point is. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to sometimes follow the news when it comes to these meme accounts because news is hitting the market faster than it's hitting the ticker.
1: That's right. <laughs> and it's just, you know... Wow. I, You're using an
2: efficient markets theory there, and <laughs> <laughs> that theory also only proves itself
1: out over time.
2: Yes. And so, you know... Um, I mean, the other thing, too, for that is... Um, I don't know how many people like Billions. I think Billions is a great show. Phenomenal show. But wait, they actually... Go. You know the chicken gate where they were out there, literally with the guy that counted the chickens and everything else. You know, it was real. It was actually real. Then he died, or what happened? He Um, he I don't know that he died, but they were literally counting chickens and underrating, reporting the number of chickens on the eggs thing. I mean, and so to this point is that information is is actually smoke and mirrors in some circumstances, right? And the meme game is one of those smoke and mirrors, right? Right. The hedge fund guys know exactly what one's going to meme. They've got their positions locked in with all their algorithms, and then they just sit back and go, social media hit. go, And then they they get it. And, you know, so it's interesting. It'll be interesting what kind of um, regulations, going back to what we were saying earlier, come out of what is ending up being market manipulation to some extent for them. Yeah.
1: And, and, and some other points that, uh, that I see coming out from, from this whole meme thing is obviously, you know, you have the younger people, like uh, teenagers, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Specifically, uh, I saw Fidelity has a platform now that, you know, you can put your, you know, real information because apparently a lot of people were, you know, that there's a, I guess there was an age limit. Basically, teenagers uh, are allowed now to, to trade on their accounts. Oh, wow.
0: All so right. <laughs> That's going to be fun. That, <laughs> let's just, let's just hope there's no big money moves there. Yeah, and so. Let's hope that dad with the yacht doesn't say, hey, uh.
1: here you go. Right? Here, here's yeah. a, here's a, you know. 50 here's your new mil. login. Go ahead, play. And, you know, and so, you know, uh, I, re- I mean, I remember one of a very good friend of mine, you know, uh, he's the same age as mine, of, of me, sorry. Um, and he was, uh, he's originally from Reynosa as well. Actually, we went to school there. And I remember him telling me in 2000, probably 10, 2012 about uh bitcoin i was like oh man right i was like Well wow, yeah it's, this is the future you know this is the uh the coin and this and that and it, you know cryptocurrencies are going to take over i was like well there's no way because of the financial system and all this you know this and that robustness but it, you know and at the, at the time we were a bit younger and you know you, you explore you know different things about uh makes you know ways to make money or you know the the technology that is involved in on your world that coming through. So I definitely like to, you know, for that reason, you know, obviously the, the from there, they're funny and, you know, keeps you entertained. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have some ideas that come through there that, you know, I don't think uh, we can afford to miss out on, you know, sure. seeing what the, what, what the market is kind of sure. heading and pick up a few things here and there. Right.
2: Um, but any in, in any other innovation wave that's coming through, in cryptocurrency in some form is permanent. Right. But the question is, what is its permanency? It's not a replacement for the dollar. Right. Right. I mean, that's just not going to happen. But it's, and which currency, right? Going all the way back to Roman law and, you know, even before that, right? You had the gold coin minted with the current ruler, right? And then suddenly the old ruler, that wasn't any good anymore. she had to go melt it all down and put it in another (laughs) one. And you could have like five or six different currencies out there. It's not going back to that. No way. That's inefficient. That's inefficient. You know, (laughs) it's just not going back. Yeah, I don't think one with a dog is going to be the one that, that wins out, <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we will. <laughs> have Elon the one Musk that's the will
0: dog. disagree with you uh,
2: yeah. today, <laughs> and then maybe tomorrow he won't disagree with me. I mean, that's an interesting thing about that one too. Anyway, now I've lost probably about 20 Facebook friends out of this oh conversation man. here. I'm oh sure you're gonna lose more.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> didn't have many to begin with, so i may be down into the negative by the by the end of this. But um, what's interesting though is you know I have a young uh, teenager and teaching him now about fundamentals. Right now, the market, in my opinion, you're Mr. Fundamentals, right? I mean, the, the, bond, the market bond market is fundamentals every day, all day, because it is over the counter, right? So you are dealing with a limited pool. It's less market manipulation, not no market manipulation, but less. That fundamental knowledge, I think, is going to be an issue because, you know, he thinks dodgy coin is exactly how you become a millionaire, right? And it'll be interesting to see over the coming years how the next generation is going to understand market fundamentals or not, right? And what right. those new fundamentals could be.
0: Yeah, I mean, textbooks are definitely going to change, I'll say that. Uh, I would say yeah, curriculum stuff is definitely going to change.
1: The cryptocurrency right. and the blockchain and all that stuff. It's gonna, it has to be. In there right. Sure. There
0: are, ripples, there are ripples in the economy and ripples in policy. I mean, the Fed just announced they're, what, starting a cryptocurrency segment? I think yeah, this was maybe like a month ago. So, I mean, we know that there are ripples in the economy. There's ripples in policy in which the fed mandates into its actions. Um, So yeah, textbooks will eventually change.
2: I agree. But will Warren Buffett and those guys, will, will they, will that prove out?
0: No, I don't, I don't think
2: fundamental long-term investing. Is it, are you able to still be successful with fundamental long-term dividend type play? investing like you know
0: I think so because as we can as a value investor you're still looking for value you're not short-term react you know you're not taking short-term reactions in terms of market yeah you'll reposition every now and then but it's not I don't I don't think in in hindsight that the value investor gets affected much
1: yeah and that obviously comes into play where the question is always, you know, your portfolio balance, right? The 60, 40, right. You know, because you see the yields are so low and then you see the attractiveness of equities, attractiveness of cryptos and the returns in there. Right. people, right. People want to, you know, start asking the questions like, well, do I need to change my strategy? Right. Do I need to, do I need to, to have crypto as part of that sliver or not? I don't right. Know. So right. That's I don't
0: know. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, yeah, I won't get too much into it. The regulators <laughs> are probably watching. Yeah. I'll keep my mouth shut.
2: All my clients were not. We're doing, uh, you know, private placement stocks. We're not getting into IPOs. That's somebody else that's doing that. I'm not worried
1: about it. Um,
0: So, I mean, as as I like to insert in every episode, Arturo is. uh, We have a younger audience that watches, and of course, you know, some of these some of these individuals are either at a crossroads where they don't know where where they're going in life, or maybe they're looking to take the financial side of things, and and tread forward on that what advice would you give to you know specifically let's say the college student that's studying finance right now and that is seeing all these changes in in the market what advice would you give them in terms of their career and and you know maybe a word of motivation or encouragement
1: yeah absolutely and you know that, now that you mentioned that you know I enjoy going for example back to incarnate word that one of our professors you know he right. enough to invite me to go to, to Moreno. Speak, uh, moreno yes yeah. to his uh finance class and you know I, I like to there tell them uh more than anything you know where i know right this is where i know right now this i know uh municipal finance and you i know there's opportunities out there that i probably didn't see in college and there's some firms out there that you can probably see and you know you you probably do see the, if you're browsing around you see capital markets um you know opportunities and you're not too sure what it, what they are typically it's uh, on the municipal side right so capital markets it's you know, the bond market, the municipal bond market is about $3.7 trillion, right? Three point eight, And uh, to really, I mean, if you're interested in finance, really, you know, uh, explore what I know. If, you know, you obviously you'll have my contact in there and all that stuff, I'll be more than happy to, you know, give give you a more, you know, in-depth of what, what it takes to uh, be, like, on this part of the market, right? On the, on the municipal bonds. Even though it's not, you know, your equity, high, you know, high... Frequency trading and, you know, all that kind of stuff. but It's still attractive, though. It is it, uh, it is risk. You know, like I was telling you, you know, at, at first, you know, if you want to be on the trails, you know, if you do like a competitive underwriter where you hit a button and, you, you know, <laughs> you see your heart rate go up and down, uh, you know, you're bidding a couple million dollars here and there. It's no big deal. No, that's that's not, you know, that's not... Th- actually, once you're there, it's not that fun. I mean, you does get tired of being, oh, my goodness, here we go again. You know, so, uh, you know, you want to be sure of what you're doing you know and you can never be sure i mean you could you know covid can hit again and right uh-huh. it's just, just like it did back in march uh and you still have you know yeah, eye twitches and you know stuff like that right. <laughs> so that's one of the things that you k- do keep in mind you know that type of pressure type of uh performing and doing you know the what's best uh, just to really really uh reach out to people and you know get get some advice i think it's it's best and you know try to find somebody that you, know, that you can work close I, mean, I know people always say that and uh, for me it was a, it was a little tricky because i you know being the, the kind of i guess different guy you know coming from mexico so how i found it you know a little different than everybody else but the way for me to kind of uh, at bands while I was doing my career because it was it, it was fairly quick at Frost that you know from typically I think I went through three different positions in five years. It was just to really go in in depth of what you're doing, really pay attention to detail. I mean, I, I can uh, be more and more you know about that, paying attention to detail, right? And really doing more than what you're supposed to be doing, right? Because if you're just stuck doing you know one thing, here's your task and just do this. Then you know you're probably gonna be stuck on doing right, that.
0: Right, you're limiting yourself to the to the idea of growth.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know, and <clears throat> by you know, kind of reaching out, scratching different things, that's how I eventually ended up being, you know, the, on the underwriting side. A typical position from the underwriters does take up at least you know 15 years of experience from all the other underwriters that I know. Right. Uh, but you know, <laughs> when you see an opportunity, do take it. You know, it could be a little uh, nerve wracking. But, you know, do take the opportunities, do network, do, uh, you know, that it gets better as you move along, as you grow, as you, uh, prove, you prove yourself. Um, so that's, those are my key things, you know, do always do more, always feel that, you know, really ask the question, don't don't be afraid of, you know, asking the question. To me, I was, you know, probably got some people a little bit dizzy, was like, what, why is this, why isn't that, and, you know, right, right, right. and even if you find your own answer, you want to hear what the other people, because experience is also very valuable. So get the experience from the other guys and see what they say and take their, your grain of salt and take their grain of salt and kind of come up with the best idea or best uh, way of doing things.
0: Right. Extraordinary advice from an extraordinary individual and a great friend, Arturo. I want to thank you again for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was just, yeah. it's been fun for sure.
0: Taking time out of your day. I know you guys are a busy day, especially with today's market. Um, you guys, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you go to our iTunes and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe there, follow the channel there, and vice versa. If you're listening to this on any of the Spotify or iTunes channels uh, under Guru Presario, make sure you go to YouTube. There is a video segment that goes with this. Until um, next time, we will see you on the next episode. Thanks again for joining us, Arturo. Thank you again.
1: Thank you again for having me. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Appreciate Thanks. it.